0: Thank <music> you. Good evening, TDN listeners. Welcome to this week in interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. Welcome. I hope you had a a wonderful week. I I had a decent week myself. Um, There's some excitement that took place in New York City. As you know, I am talking to you from Brooklyn, New York. And um, New York was in the news over the weekend and early part of the week because there was some incidents with... um, with some bombings and stuff. So I hope none of you guys were affected by it. I wasn't. Um, just a little bit traffic getting to work on, on Monday on Monday morning. But um, you know what, my takeaway from this whole thing was uh, maybe a little different, but I, I am amazed at the fact that no matter what it is that somebody who is white does, police usually manage to take them alive and Black people like me always get killed. There seems to be some kind of lethality that um, the bullets from the police have for, for black men. Just saying, you know, no matter no matter how big it is, no matter whether they're shooting at them or not, they, they find a way to. They seem to find a way to take these white um persons, suspects, into custody, so they can stand trial. And um we saw instances of what happened in, La- in North Carolina just last night you know um, one bullet doesn't seem the ex- it's not expected that one or two bullets can stop a black person they has to f- there have to be nine or ten or fifteen or thirty bullets. But anyhow, that's not what we're talking about tonight tonight as usual on this weekend interview. we're bringing you information from persons who we think have, information that they can share with us. Special personalities, persons because of their lifestyle, because of their experience, because of their qualifications. They have something to share. And I have the distinct pleasure of having conversations with persons. And also, I'm honored to be able to share those conversations with you. This week in interview is intended to do that, to bring you information from a a different perspective, from a different angle. Um, not what you hear in the regular media, as I always say. Otherwise, there'd be no need for us if all we're going to do is to repeat what we hear in the media, or what you can find by flipping on your television or your radio, then there's no need to come back here just to hear me um, bring it to you. But but we're, we're different. We think we're different. We bring you information about your health, about social issues, economic issues, the politics. If you're a regular listener, by the way, welcome. But you know if you're a regular listener, I enjoy talking politics, I enjoy talking economics and social issues, as well as I like to encourage you to make sure that you are taking care of your health. Um, we want you healthy and happy for a very long time. If tonight is your first night listening. Welcome. I hope that you will find our program sufficiently interesting, that you too will become a regular listener. We, As usual, we're going to t- listen to the command Anthem, as is done by the beautiful Mikkel Henderson. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to a very, very special guest, someone that I admire a whole lot in the way he conducts his business, the way he carries himself. I think he's done really good for himself, and I uh, invited him to come on as my guest, and was super super ex delighted that he accepted my invitation. So we're going to have a very special conversation. Stay tuned um, when we when we get back after the um, after the caricom anthem, we we'll launch right into what should be one of our most interesting conversations for the, for the year so far. Hang on, and let's listen to Michael Henderson and let's dream of carib community when carib islands can go forward as one country which i which i always put forward as it would be our 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 sole chance of making the caribbean region prosperous for the people of the caribbean so this is to me for many
1: distant lands adventure some bound in chains through battles waged and fought one Bill-
2: GND Enterprises, Inc. is your one-stop shop for web design and development, web hosting, domain names, dedicated servers, live event streaming, online ticketing, custom stream players, smartphones and tablets, electrical and mechanical parts and tools procurement, business supplies and equipment procurement, including computers, motors, breakers, panels, commercial printers, and copiers. GND Enterprises, Inc., the services you need when you need them. Find us online at com, or call us today for more information at 617-329-9434. Fast, effective, efficient service.
1: You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee... 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today. 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O.com.
0: All right, listeners, welcome back. I did tell you that um, Mikkel Henderson has a beautiful voice. And she, she does. And, and if you listen to the lyrics, I played every week. So by now you should know some of the lyrics and you know what we aspire to as Caribbean people. This is Caribbean unity. As I promised you tonight our, our, we're gonna to have a special guest tonight. It's someone that I admire. Every time I, I see this young man he's always about business and um, we we see him I see him with a camera on his shoulder, a camera up to his up to his eyes um, practically every time, it's, you know, he's synonymous with, so I think of him as a photographer. Um, but as we're going to find out tonight in tonight's conversation, he's so much more than just a photographer. Photography has played a, a, a major part in his, in his career and in his life. My guest tonight is none other than the um, ever-stylish <laughs> uh, Mr. <laughs> Felix Augustine. Uh, you know, very, very a very impressive young man from the island of Dominica. Um, Felix, welcome to this weekend interview. All
2: right, thank you. Good night to um to all our listeners and good night to you too, man. I don't know that I've quite heard um, me being introduced that way, stylish. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> Oh yes, um, I think you have a style of your own, um, you know. Uh, and, and I,
2: think, I think so too. Uh, you know, I think we all have to develop, you know, individualism, you know what I mean, so... Um, you know, I like to think that uh, I try and do what I do, you know, to please me. So uh, I hope everybody gets that uh,
0: the that message as well. Certainly, certainly. And I mean, it shows in the way you carry yourself as a very professional um, individual. And it also shows up in your work. Uh, for those, if you're from Dominica, I think Felix hardly needs any introduction. But we have so many of our, of our listeners who are not from Dominica. Uh, we have a, a, a large contingent of Trini, Trinipasi, Grenada, St. Vincent. So by way of introduction, um, Felix, as I said, is from the island of Dominica. Uh, he started off as a journalist, working uh, in, in the, at the major newspapers in Dominica, and eventually, as we all do, um, came up to the United States in pursuit of education and um we you know um, so so you got your ed- your education in mass media communication, and you've been doing yep. your thing ever since so let me let me let you um let me let you introduce yourself you know, like, like tell your audience in a, in a nutshell who is um felix augustine
2: well as you quite rightly uh said uh you know i am from Dominica, very proud of that uh country that I am very, 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 very proud of, uh, you know, a country that I would do anything for, and a country that I would absolutely love to see continue to grow uh, immensely. Um, uh, my mom is from the uh, Pebush side of the island, and uh, my dad is from the Daly side of the island. We don't see Daly's anybody from Dominica says Daly says as wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. From- <laughs> it's from the Tale side of the island. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was fun growing up in Dominica and uh, Dominica has instilled in me um a lot of the person that I am today and the drive and determination that I I I, I think I have, uh is, is you know, having been born there and having being brought up there and, you know, all the values that was instilled in me by, you know, some of the very best grandparents on the planet, uh, and my parents themselves. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, after years of working in the media in, in Dominica, uh, you know, I, I left and, um, pursued, uh, education, uh, here in, in, in New York, uh, you know, uh, Working in the media in Dominica, uh, I think, was one of those experiences that, you know, I will carry with uh, pretty much for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I, I got into the whole media business, uh, you know, in a pretty interesting way. Um, it, was, uh, it was way back, I think I was at least 13 years old, and uh, I was in the Dominica Grammar School. Big shout out to the Dominica Grammar School and um i was trying to figure out i think i was at the time 13 years old 13 14 years old and i was trying to figure out you know what i wanted to do in life and you know what's that path that i wanted to take in life because i always heard people say you know you got to think of something that you want to do you got to think of a career and i was trying to think of what it is that i wanted to do and um so i was kind of trying to navigate the waters and trying to figure out in my mind what it is exactly that i wanted to do and I remember on one day um, we were on um, the class that I was in. I uh, was given the uh, responsibility of leading the school in the general assembly, and uh, so my role in the in the assembly was to read the scriptures. And so, once I started reading the scriptures, the entire student body started to applaud. You know, and uh, I hadn't even. You know, concluded my scripture reading, so that kind of caught my attention right then. And I, you know, I, I, I kept on reading uh, to the end to what was um, already uh, <laughs> discussed uh, with the class. And then I remember going up to my my classroom, and I remember speaking to my friend McDonald Fontaine. I hope he doesn't mind me calling his name. And I said, my fr- I said McDonald man, I just found out what I wanted to do in life. And he was like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I just found out." So he asked me, what is that? I said, I'm going to communicate. And he kept asking me, like, well, you know, I said, well, I don't know how, I don't know what that means, I don't know, but right now, what I know is that uh, I am going to communicate because I was reading, and somehow it resonated with the general uh, student body that, you know, even during my reading, they were starting to And so that really, really caught my attention. And so for the next several months, I kind of tried figuring out what that communication meant, what form it would have taken. Was I going to become a, a, a social worker? Was I going to? I I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know what it was, you know. And I remember just becoming a sponge for general knowledge, um, and I started reading a lot of newspapers. I started looking at TV, and then um, one time I actually went to a function, and so. I was uh, I was listening to the when I went home, I actually turned on the TV to look at what the news report was going to be of that function that I attended, and so that baffled me because at that point I saw a reporter, and I saw a reporter as being one of the most powerful persons on earth, and he asked me what that means, mm-hmm. and in my little naive mind, right. I'm saying, I was at that function, right? And that reporter was at that function. Now, obviously, they could not play the entire function on the news program. Right. That news package was totally conceived by what that reporter thought that I and the entire population should know. The pictures that he chose were because of whatever he felt he needed to show people. The soundbite that he showed is what he felt that you needed to hear. So in my naive mind, I was like, yo, this guy is the most powerful person on earth. Because he had the job of changing and influencing mine. And from that day on, I felt that is what I wanted.
0: But that is so insightful, That's because it. because even like in today's world, we see the role that the media is playing in, 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 in terms of the choices that people make That's in very, absolutely. very important situations.
2: Absolutely, because, I mean, there is nothing right now that you can think of that isn't somehow influenced by communication or influenced you by how it was communicated to you. You know, even the choice of car that you drive because somebody had to do a very good ad or somebody had to do some sort of campaign to influence you to get that kind of car. That's communication, right? Right. The kind of music that you listen to is how that person relates whatever it is they want to try to to you. So that's communication. So I felt that is what I wanted to do. I wanted that ability. I wanted to be able to speak to people. And I just remember... Um, you know just reading and people just responding and a lot of people said well why didn't you just become a minister or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> so everything else that goes with that right <laughs>
2: no, I don't everything else that goes with that you know and I said well maybe that wasn't my calling you know uh, that maybe wasn't my calling but I, I do know that the communication part of it is what I was destined to do and so I remember um, getting. Um, I went through grammar school, and like I said, I you know I was a sponge for general knowledge uh, because at the time I didn't know that I wanted to necessarily gravitate to a specific area in uh, in communication. So I just wanted as broad a knowledge as possible, and um, so I you know I just became a sponge for that. And um, so we fast forward a little bit to graduation day, and. Uh, I remember that on the um, I graduated, I think graduation ceremony was on a Friday. Uh, On the Monday morning, I woke up and I went down to the New Chronicle newspaper, and um, I asked, um, I walked in and I asked the general manager, who was Anthony White at the time, I said, Mr. White, you know, I'd like to work in the newspaper business. I I want to be, I want to work in communications. And, um. he says, well, you know, we don't have any vacancies there and stuff like that. I said, no, Mr. Watch, you don't understand. I'm here to work for you for free. It doesn't matter. I'm here. So whether you have vacancies or not is a little consequence to me. You know, I'm going to be here. I want to work, and this is what I want to do. And um, I remember to that same day, I walked over to DBS uh, Radio, and um, I spoke to, I think it was Johnny John at the time, and I, I gave him the same story and um, so he um, he had the same, you know, pretty much the same message, that there was no vacancies there that, uh, that they could put me in. I was like, you know, that's fine. I'm, I just walked back over to the Chronicle, and I said, hey, Mr. White, I'm ready. When can I start? You know, and um, I remember while I was at the Chronicle, at the radio station, actually, Mr. John at the time gave me a, an assignment, and he said, uh, you know, why don't you go home and write me a story? And funny enough, of all people who live right next door to me was um, Leonard Flinton. And so he was one of those persons who I, I remember going to and asking, well, you know, how do you construct that story? How do you, you know, how, what do you write? What do you say? You know, but I had read enough newspapers over that period of time to give me has a knowledge of how to do stuff like that, you know? So anyways...
0: Um, I'm I'm trying to speak for the story because obviously we don't have a lot of time to go mm-hmm. through all. No, but this is all interesting because I mean, there are young people who are listening to us who who can mm-hmm. uh, who I hope can relate to to that passion. Right. You know, when you find your passion and yeah. uh, you decide what you want to do, you know what you have to be willing to do to to get yeah. to get in there. Right. So um,
2: so I went back to the chronicles. And um, I started to work with uh, people like Paula Warner, uh, Jared Burton, uh, Marion, and um, a whole bunch of them. And they 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 really held my hand for uh, for a period of time to show me what the ropes were and and um, and um, how actually this whole thing happened. And so I started to get out there and do my stories. Um, I started to go out and uh, I had a, I think at the time it was a 110 camera. I had never taken pictures in my life. I remember they gave me a little 110 camera. And so I went out there and I started to take photos and I started to write stories. And my stories started to hit the front page and, you know, my story started to make it into the newspaper. And, uh, so let's just say the chronic, um, the DBS radio called me back at that point. I guess by that time they had seen that my stories were hitting the, um, The radio station and uh, Mr. John called me back, and he was like, "Are you still interested?" You know, um, in coming over. Uh, So I went over to the uh, manager at the time, Mr. White, and I said, "Mr. White, you know, um, I'm getting a a call from uh, from DBS Radio. I have been here at the Chronicle, and I have learned a great deal. I've learned a lot, and so it's um, it's been about a month and a half now. I've been here, uh, so I'm you know I'm entertaining that conversation." So Mr White said, Well why don't you come see me um, in the afternoon? So I went back to Mr. White in the afternoon and needless to say, Mr. White gave me a letter of a full appointment to the staff of reporter at the Dominic at the Chronicle. And so my official career <laughs> in newspapers began because he didn't want me to go.
0: He didn't and want so to lose you.
2: But he me, and so you know, I, I forgo all my uh, my apprenticeship period and all of that period because at that point he had seen my value, and so uh, that's actually where it all began. You know, I worked with people like kate Monroe. Actually, people like Jeffrey Baptist was over at Chronicle at the uh, at Flo, um was one of the persons who I worked with over at the, chronic, at, um, at the Chronicle.
0: Maurice um, Drew was there as well.
2: Oh, my God, Maurice Serial, I don't ever want to forget Maurice Serial. I mean, Maurice Serial has been kind of like one of those iconic figures in, um, you know, I wrote letters to the editor while I was in school to Maurice Serial. And so, you know, getting out of school and working with Maurice Serial was one of those dream come true. And I mean, Maurice Serial, I don't think, has gotten a lot of the praise that he deserves, or I think be a lot of the attention that he deserves in Dominica. But this guy has been, you know, to me, a pioneer, a trailblazer. I think Maurice Steele is one of those really good souls, man. And this guy really held my hand, you know, and spoke to me over and over about how to do this thing right. And you know, I remember Maurice Steele telling me, "Look, if you write a story and people not complaining, it means that you didn't do a good job, mm-hmm. because the idea, is, you know, the idea is is that you have to ensure that you you are factual, you are truthful." that you are effective you know so you know these people they've been very 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 instrumental and you know so uh, as far as I go I would like to remember those persons who were very very um instrumental in, in those in cultural areas, you know in terms of getting me to to where I am today and so if we we'll speak through all of this um you know I was in um, it was in uh, 2000 um actually in 1999 um when we were uh, actually it was in two thousand when I left uh, I left Dominica, but it actually my move to America actually began when I it was the first um, World Creole Music Festival, and so one of the reporters who came to Dominica um, met me. I'm um, um, one of the uh, during one of the press conferences that we were having, and so. He, uh, we, we just had a kind of brief conversation. It was like, you know, hi, hello, how you doing? And stuff like that. So he was staying at the Puchong Hotel. And that night, uh, he looked at the TV. And then uh, he came back the next day, and we met at another news conference for the World Cruise Music Festival. And then he, he asked me to come over and have a conversation with him. And he said, look, I have never seen anybody do what you're doing. Um, I looked at the news. You were presenting the news. You were writing the news. You were doing so many things as per the credits on the news. Like, how do you do it? He says, look, you need to come to America. You need to come to, you know, to broaden that knowledge. And, you know, uh, for a moment, um, that's only pretty interesting to me because I look at all of these reporters who were coming to Dominica, and the one thing that um, differentiated, us, differentiated me from them is that they had a, some kind of paperwork that said that they were qualified to do what they were doing. I right. didn't. Okay. Came directly out of high school into the field and was working in it. And so I felt like that was a very good opportunity to uh, to get in there and do something, um, you know. And me and that guy today still remain very, 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 very good friends. And so I I, I decided one time uh, it was in two thousand. It was the millennium celebration and I was supposed to be going over to Chicago, um, for the um it was uh the the the, she- the mayor of Chicago, Mayor I mean, invited two representatives from every country in the world to come to Chicago and bring in the new millennium. And so um Kamala Baptist and myself represented Dominica. And so I took the opportunity while I was here to go to have a conversation with the same guy who I met in Dominica. And so He um, he brought me over to MTV, and he introduced me to the senior vice president of MTV. And he asked, uh, he told this lady that, "Look, I've never seen this before. You need to take a look at this guy because you know this is something that we don't see here at all in America. If you specialize in something, that's all you do. You're a cameraman, that's all you do. You you know you report, that's all you do. You don't do everything. So he was, you know, he was he was pretty impressed by that." And so the lady at the time told me, hey, you know, there's not much I can do for you, at, uh, you know, but, uh, because at the time I was, I, you know, I was not a permanent resident. So I, there was, there was no way she could employ me. And so I, um, I returned to Dominica and, um, I wrote this lady an email pretty much almost every month. I wrote her an email telling her and giving her the progress. And so I was traveling with Rosie Douglas. Um, you know, all over the world, wherever he went. I went with him, myself, Matt, Kali, uh, Ivona. And so when he died, I looked at it as the opportunity for me to um, kind of get out there and do something for myself. Because I had a conversation with Rosie before he, um, when he started, uh, I I had told him, uh, you know, I told him, um, you know, that I was getting ready to get out and go to study. And Rosie was like, look, why don't you work with me for at least a year? Um, and then once you're ready to go to study, we can have a conversation, and I will see what I can do to help you, you know, because uh, he was like, look, I like how you work. Uh, in all the times that you've been at GIS, nobody can say that you support this person or that person or whatever. I like the fact that you're neutral, and I remember that conversation very, very clearly. You know, it was one day, and, I mean, that's the kind of guy that Rosie was, and that's why I think I really liked Rosie Douglas a lot, you know, Rosie I was supposed, Rosie and I was supposed to have an interview in, in uh in in, in in government headquarters and Rosie says, Look, Philip, I don't feel I wanna come down in, in Terra, come down to Portsmouth to meet me. I went to Portsmouth to meet Rosie, Rosie was playing basketball, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had that conversation with Rosie and stuff like that and so
0: very it was bad uh, person,
2: certainly. Yeah, very, 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 very much a people's person. And so I, I uh I when Rosie died, uh you know, I was actually on that trip with Rosie when Rosie came back. Um, I left, I think I left like two days or so before Rosie actually came back to Dominican and then Rosie died. And so from then I decided that I wanted to have nothing to do with news anymore. And so that's when I got out temporarily out of the news business. And I decided then and there that that was it. I'm off. I'm going to study and I'm going to try to get away from those because I had got so close
0: to Rosie, you know, and uh, that's when I decided I was going to get out of Louisville. Uh, by saying that the, the death of Rosie Douglas, by the way, listeners who are not Dominicans, Rosie Douglas was the Prime Minister of yep. Dominica um, from yep. 2000 until he died in, what, 2001, is it? Yeah, about, yeah. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's what Felix is saying that he was strongly influenced by Rosie. And impacted yep. by his death. So, so you decided yep. to come to the U.S. And, and is it that you made connection with MTV and, and was able to work there? Well, yeah, well,
2: well, well, what happened was um, I went to, when I moved here, I went to Oxford, New York, Plattsburgh to pursue my degree in mass media communications. And so I kept in touch, like I said, with the senior vice president of MTV for uh Pretty much, almost every month, I gave her a ball-by-ball uh, commentary on my life in terms of what was happening to me academically and where I, I also, I you know, I saw myself career-wise. And so, she uh, on the day that I was uh, on the day that I was uh, supposed to, uh, well, I, I sent her an email and said, "Hey, I'm graduating in um, say in a week's time." And so she sent me a response, and she says, uh, on a certain date, come down to New York, and there are three departments that I'd like you to go and have a conversation with. Because I have never seen anybody be so diligent in being, you know, in in keeping in touch, you know, and, 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 and being so dedicated to something that they want to do. So she had me come in and talk to three departments, and she says, you know, have a conversation with them and see which one best fits your skill set. And so I uh, I went to MTV and I had those conversations. Actually, it was the first time in my three-year uh, college time that I missed a day of class, and that was the only day, the day that I left to come down to have that conversation about work at MTV. And so I started working with the uh, music uh, events department of MTV where we did the music awards, uh, the movie awards, uh, we did uh, Live Aid Billy, uh Then we did, uh, I did the Alicia Keys Unplugged album. Uh, uh, I did that and a bunch of other pilots and stuff for MTV. And so that's where, in terms of actual uh, media and entertainment in New York, my career started at, at MTV.
0: So You stayed with MTV for how many, how long did you stay with MTV?
2: I did with MTV for one year um, under contract. And um, then um, the there was um, there was a new department uh, being formed. Uh, so that's another interesting story as well. There was a new department being formed at the time called uh, Tempo, um, and which was the Caribbean network uh, for MTV. And so I went to uh, my boss at the time, told me, "Hey, why don't you you being from the Caribbean?" You know all about the production stuff. Why don't you try and get involved in that? That way you can have a direct impact on the people that you actually know, you know? Mm-hmm. So I jumped at the opportunity, and I went in, and I had an interview with, uh, with a certain gentleman. And so he did not hire me for the job. Um, and so I kind of was, for a little minute there, was kind of a little deflated because I, I knew I had everything that I needed to get that job. And so, one day, out of the blue, this gentleman calls me up, and he says, "Well, hey, do you remember me?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I remembered you because I interviewed with you for the Temple job because you were running Temple." He says, "The reason why I didn't I didn't hire you is because I was going to set up this I'm going to set up this new company, um, and I wanted I wanted you for myself. So I did not hire you for Temple." And here it is, I'm killing myself trying to figure out why I didn't get that job, (laughs) only to know that this guy so didn't have to say, this guy, um, he said, Hey, you know, come work with me. And so I started working with him producing um, shows for at the time it was called B E T J So B E T J was B E T Jazz and so we started in New York out of a little two desk office. Producing content for BETJ. Now, because we were so prolific at what we did, and we were doing such great work for BETJ, they brought us into the BET family. And so BETJ at the time did not have a presence in New York. It was all out in uh, in Washington, D.C. And so they set us up in New York. And so we started doing all of BETJ's programming and production in New York. And um, eventually um, what happened is that uh, BETJ, BTJ Jazz became centric. And so the centric that you see today is the remnants of what uh, BETJ was. And so all of this produ- production and stuff like that, we started, and then I just migrated into the centric family, which is, which, um, is the family of BET. Of oh,
0: So So you, where are let's put it in time frame so we somewhere in what you, you graduated so we, 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 we we we
2: we in 2000 i i went in in 2002 uh-huh. i did my i did my entire degree in three years right. i went in a, a single credit um uh, but i knew exactly what i wanted and uh, I did my degree a year ahead of schedule. Um, I graduated with honors. And so in 2005 is when I went into MTV mm-hmm. and uh, I I yeah. started working with um, with DJ um, Centric at the time in 2006. And um, that's kind of like where the story that's really
0: began. For listeners yeah. who joined who us late, um, this is This weekend Interview and my guest tonight, a very special guest tonight is... Mr. Felix Augustin. Uh, Felix yep. is a communication specialist. And a um, very, very inspiring story. And we spend a lot of time on the story because I think um, in this day and age where, every, where there's, so much, there's so much information from the Internet and there's so much, you know, you type a Google search and it comes back with thousands of results. Sometimes I think it's a little bit difficult for a person to be able to cut through all that and to see a path. And so we're spending quite a bit of time in, in describing and explaining how he went from from point A to realizing what his passion was and the steps. Everybody's path is going to be different, but but the hope is that by seeing and understanding the perseverance, understanding the the, the hard work, while always that laser, it seems like that laser focus on on that objective, how that travels you know, through with you in life and as you step through your career. So um let's get back to, to our conversation with Mr. Felix yeah. Augustine. So so um you're saying that um you and this other gentleman um started um is it B E T J and then yeah, you were joining to the Centrix um family yeah. which is which is really part of BET and uh, right. that was in two thousand and six.
2: Mm-hmm. You, you know, but I just wanna I just wanna go back just a little bit and, and just kind of elaborate on something that you said. And um it's that whole idea of knowing what you want to do and I speak to kids all the time. I speak to my own kids about that as well. And I think it is very, very, very important that young people have just one person out there who's trying to figure out, hey, you know, how do I go ahead and do it? You know, think about stuff that you're passionate about. Think about stuff in terms of how it influences you. because you know, I think if sometimes, a lot of times, we do these um, and they're just maybe based on some money or something that is not passion, you lose it along the way. You don't feel so close to it and there's no affinity to it. So I think that's what is... Uh, is important. I remember just even in my own story. I mean, when I started working at, uh, um, at GIS, you know, just how I learned how to edit. Because at that time, you know, a lot of these guys, they were busy. They had their own lives. They didn't want to teach me how to edit. I would sit down at the, at the back of them and I'd just look. I would come back at night and I would take two tapes and I would get in there and I would sit down and I would go ahead and I would try and do this. You know, and that is what I think is, you know, is, is where all that passion lies. Uh, Let's move forward to Centric, kind of where we are today. And um, so, what I did with Centric is I I, I I did all their production management for all of their shows. Now, when you see a show on TV, for instance, a lot of people just look at what that final kind of product is. They don't realize, well, not say they don't realize necessarily, but sometimes they take for granted the amount of work and the number of people that it took to get that final product on. And all we see is that star or that, that, that you know, whatever that sitcom or whatever it is. But before the show has to happen, we have to sit down, and that is, where, that is the part that I manage. We have to sit down and figure out, okay, this is the concept, okay? Now, how many episodes do we need? Uh, how much money do we need? And how much money do we need to spend per episode, all right? So now once we have that, we need to say, okay, well, where are we going to shoot this, okay? How many people do we need to hire? What are the specialties of the people that we need? Okay, if we're going to do a show that is involved with hidden cameras, then we need to get people who have specialties in hidden camera photography. We need to get videographers that know how to do hidden cameras. So all of those things, you know, once once that is over, then we say, okay, well, who are the... What's the cast going to be like? What is these people? right? So we need to now go into casting. We need to get all of these people. Then um, we need to say, well, how much are they going to get paid? All right. They say, well, they need $10,000 per episode. Then I now have to draw up a contract for them to participate in the show. So I need to do a deal memo that then goes to a legal team that eventually drafts that final contract. So all of those things are happening behind the scenes. Once they're hired, Then I have to say, okay, well, you're going to come to shoot on November 27th. I now have to figure out how do I get them from wherever they are in the world, they're in California or wherever. I have to get them to the site that we're going to shoot. Then I have to now find out, okay, well, once they're on site, what do they need to eat? Where do they need to stay? How are they going to get driven from wherever they're staying to the set? How are they getting the attack? If they're an a lister I need to find out what their security situation is going to be like. Do I need to get extra security? Do I need to have the agent or management on set? If I'm dealing with kids, it becomes even particularly more difficult. I now have to figure out, okay, well, uh, man, I, I need to get a babysitter because that kid cannot do more than a certain number of hours per day. I need to ensure that I have the appropriate snacks. I have to ensure that I that kid has time out to do their schoolwork. There's a bunch of different little things, intricate things that happen even before we roll the cameras, while the camera is rolling, and once the camera is stopped, then we go into post-production and this all is where all of this craziness in my head has to come and it has to all make sense so that you can get your final show on the day that is advertised and that you can enjoy it on that particular day. So that's what, it, that's what when we talk about production management. That's what we're talking about. Then how do we bring all of those key elements together that you see that
0: final product? So, so, so that is the area of specialization that you are in now. So, so the evolution That's, from newspaper reporter to television reporter at GIS, um, absolutely working with MTV, and then right now you specialize in in production management. Pretty, pretty interesting. Um, That I imagine.
2: I uh I, I didn't want to trip you up. My thing is, I eventually one day would love to be able to either own or manage a full scale television production company, right? So when I moved here, I made the conscious effort of no longer being interested necessarily in being an on air talent, which is what I did in Dominica. I wanted to learn all the intricacies of the television production how from the conception phase to the air phase right, right. Mm-hmm. because one day I want to be able to have that conversation with the people in my team and did not just necessarily be a theory to me it's something that I've done it's something that is very practical to me and so that's why I made that jump into where I am and right now being a communication consultant consulting in Africa and stuff like that in South Africa to be specific and this is kind of like what has led me to where I am today
0: So let's talk about that a little bit let's move beyond um, BET uh, because I understand right. that you've moved on from BET and let's talk about what you're right. involved with currently Yeah. So right
2: now I, I do communication consulting and I am a photographer uh, and so the my photography path is kind of interesting, uh, you know, from my days at the New Chronicle newspaper and the Tropical Star and stuff like that, you know, I've always been taking photos, you know, um, always been taking photos, but I never considered myself a photographer. I just always considered myself a, a, a reporter who took pictures, you know, that complemented the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I I mean, I, I think I am, a, you know, at the time, I think it would be a photographer, but I didn't necessarily consider myself a professional photographer. And so... A couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine just encouraged me. Um, She's like, you know, why don't you hold on to my camera and um, let and, and go ahead and, and, and take some photos? And so, it, I mean, it was one of the best advice that I've ever, uh, you know, got me in, in, in a long time. And that has opened so many doors to me um, just to add it to the cadre of stuff that I do on the communication side, uh, you know, uh, just, for example, just before Nelson Mandela died, um, you know, I was commissioned by his family to go to South Africa to uh, to do a coffee book for Nelson Mandela. The, um, the deal was I was supposed to spend uh, two weeks in his house, and all I was supposed to do was just to, um, to take pictures of him wow. as he did whatever else, just a fly on the wall. And so it was quite unfortunate that he... Uh, that you know he died um, shortly after and that never came to fruition. You know, so that that to me would have been the highlight of, of anything that I've done in, in photography. But just the fact that, you know, I was chosen, you know, to go ahead and do this was to me, you know, uh I'm, I'm,
0: on I'm, on I'm, itself, definitely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, so I also go to South Africa actually every year. Um there is a traditional music awards show in South Africa that's helped Every year on the first of October, and so I do consulting for them for that show. Um, and this show has been growing and growing, and uh, it's something that I absolutely want um, you know Dominicans to be exposed to at some point because um, I think the cultures are something so similar. Uh, but I go over there on, on a regular basis. I've also been out there a few times to do photography, different projects. Um, right now, one of my biggest clients, even in New York, is um, Chase Corporate Chase, um, and I, I do uh, a lot of work for them with um, some of their after-school programs and um, stuff like that. So you know, it's um, it, it's been a blessing um, to be able to, uh, to look through the lens and see certain things and and be able to uh, replicate that and uh, you know and um, give it to people. Um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily consider myself to be the best um, photographer out there or to be the most technically savvy photographer. Um, I think what I have and what I what I do is I'm able to see certain things,
0: you right. know. See um, I, 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 I see... I that through yeah. your photograph. Ab-
2: absolutely. I have... Um, I tell people that I see things in pictures, you know, and... Um, Sometimes it's a blessing, and I sometimes I think sometimes it's a curse. Because sometimes I just want to see just for what it is, just like you see. I don't want to be so, but I can't help it. That that's how I see things. I see things in pictures, and so that kind of uh, you know it's it, it's done me well. So I, I like to always just latch onto the blessings part of that conversation, and uh, and be happy and eternally grateful for uh, for that. Again, I, I didn't go to school for photography. Uh, Even in college, photography was not necessarily something that I learned there. Uh, Once I figured out that it's something, again, it's one of those passions that I want to do, I went to YouTube, I went to books, and I literally just started practicing things that I saw. You know, I would tell myself, okay, I want to do night photography. I'll go on YouTube and pull up night uh, night photography. And then I'll get a camera and I'll go outside and I'll practice it. I went on Facebook and a lot of folks can identify with that right now. And I would say, hey, I'd like to take photographs with you. And I would ask people, hey, I'd like to shoot. And that's what I did. And then I kept on doing it and doing it um, until a lot of the people who um started to hire me to do stuff for them. And then once I was at BET, I was able to have conversation with some of my celebrity friends. And so a lot of them would let me... um Photograph them, or you know, we, uh, you know, I, I, I had a little conversation with a lot of the management teams. So they saw my work, and they would call me and have me photograph them. You know, I, I, I did um, a picture, um, last album, um, for her when she toured New York. I did, uh, I just did Tyrese, um, I did, um, I just did K. Um, hey Michelle, uh. You know, so, you know, quite a few have done a lot of work for Suna Lathan. Um, a lot of people would know her from Love and Basketball. Right. Uh, you know, a bunch of celebrities who, you know, again, like my work and like how I represent them on, on in, in, in pictures. And well, so,
0: as we talk about your celebrities, um, Felix, um, there's something, because when I go on your Facebook page, I, I see a lot of the people that you meet, very interesting people. Um, yeah. Quite a variety of interests from from some civil rights um, stuff at the, cell, at the walk across the cell. And I remember seeing your photographs right. from there. Um, to to they taking pictures with, with just you know pop artists. Um, mm-hmm. I, not meaning to put you on the spot, but if, if you were to look back on all of these people that you've interacted with and had the the, the opportunity to meet. Uh, Is there any one or two or three encounters that had, you know, that had particularly profound impacts on you?
2: Yeah, I think one of those persons, uh, I mean, the ultimate for me was Dr. Maya Angelou. Um, And, uh, you know, I went to North Carolina where she lived. I went to her house. And so I remember um, when I got in, she was just so... Imposing, you know, and um, we were we were having conversations. Um, it was myself and uh, and and, uh, and my assistant, and um, so we were just having conversations. And um, you know, so one of the things that she told me that was the most profound thing that anybody has ever told me before is in the conversation, I kept asking her follow-up questions based on what she was saying and then she stopped and she said to me you listen and I you know at the time I, I, I didn't necessarily grasp exactly what she was saying but as she continued to explain she says, look a lot of people come here and they speak to me they have a series of questions that they have in mind and they want to go through those questions but you didn't do that you actually listened to what I was saying and based on the information that I was giving you, you were following up with questions and being more inquisitive on that. And that is a lot of respect that I have. And I remember, and again, it's one of those things that I don't tell a lot of people, and hopefully you don't have more than 20,000 people listening to you. <laughs> I remember she, you know, she picking up the phone, and she called her best friend at the time. She called Oprah, and she says, Oprah, this guy is the real deal. And again, I am not trying to blow my trumpet because I know how people think and all that.
0: No, no, but I'm asking you so.
2: It's not not something that I put out there. You know, but I just remember that conversation so much, you know. And she was like, you listen. And that was one of those things that has always, you know, kept me. And even today, I listen to, you know, reporters and I listen to, you know, all these great guys on TV having, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But they don't listen. They don't hear because they are. So determined to get through the ten questions that they have that they forget that you know this is supposed to be a conversation and, and get stuff out. So she was one of those persons when we when 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 I'm when I'm talking about really having some kind of feel good um, stuff. Um, in terms of um, other really cool celebrities, um, I think um, Snaila Lawson was one of those people, um, and we became really good friends. One of those people who, as well, um, you know, was. Um, Pretty good. She was again. She 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 liked the fact that I was not starstruck. Um, I could have a conversation about anything. I did not care whether she was on twenty movies. I did not care whether, and she didn't care about any of that. And so when she introduced me to some of her friends who were not even celebrity friends, and, you know, we sat down, we went to dinner and stuff like that, that's when I figured, okay, well, yeah, she really, she really thinks that highly of me. And so one of her best friends, uh, you know, in, that she has known from day one, um, she introduced me to her and stuff like that, and I was like, okay, um, there's a lot of respect there and stuff like that. So she, on um, you know, has been one of these persons who have been really, really, really good to me and stuff like that. In terms of you know people who I've met and really impacted me in 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 in, in, a, in a lot of ways. But I tell a lot of these celebrity friends that uh, that I meet that, hey, I'm from Dominica. I don't know who you are. I'm naive.
1: I don't care.
2: <laughs> It makes no difference to me. The difference between you and me right now is your bank account. That's it. I don't, you know, so, you know, and and, and so for a lot of them, you know, they uh, they respected that. One other person who I think I'd like to mention is, um, you know, he's a Nigerian actor and he's been in a lot of very recent movies. Um, his name is Adewale Akinoa Ajibaje um, I actually went to Nigeria with him um a couple of years ago. Um his his um his father died and so I accompanied him to to the funeral. But we came became really, really good friends. Um he was um he was Mr. Echo on um on Lost. Um uh, he was on Oz. Um he just did a Suicide Squad. He was in um yeah, a bunch of movies, a lot of folks would, would recognize him if, um, if they ever seen. He always wore his cap a little funny at the back. Uh, stuff. So he's been one of my very, very good friends. Uh, you know, so um, these are these are just
0: a couple of people. I, who, I, I, I I want, think, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm? I want you to talk a little bit about because I mentioned seeing you your, um saying that photographs from the walk across Selma, across mm-hmm. this region, Selma. Right. I want you to talk a little bit about what that experience was like uh, to to be there commemorating that that significant yeah event.
2: it again it's, it's one of the perks of of, of working um, where I did um, you know because I got to do so many cool things and that was one of those cool things that I did so what we what we felt at the time at Centric, um, you know my partner and I is that um you know, I think it'd be cool to get a, 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 a cadre of young musicians and young professionals and do that bus ride from um, Atlanta to um, Selma, Alabama. And so we got them, we got a, a huge bus, and we outfitted with cameras, and we said, let's drive down to Selma. And so we had amazing conversations with um with some of these celebrities, Um, we had, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on some of those names, but amazing celebrities on there, and so once I got to Selma, you know, to see all of the stars and all of these people who gathered there, um, the president was there, um, to commemorate that crossing on that bridge, you know, where so many people had died, and you know, and this was such a historical occasion, you know, just being part of that and being from Dominica, you know, being from so far away, you know, but being an instrumental part, an instrumental partner in in, in all of this activity, I think is something and one of the experiences that, you know, you you just never forget. Uh, You know, I always remember, you know, that kind of experience, and so, it's one of those things, man, that um, I tell you, it, it, you just have to be there. Um, what, you know, I remember having conversation with um, with my good friend, you know, MC Light, you know, and um, just we were just reminiscing about how really, really, really cool it is to be part of such an amazing event you know uh, just going back to one of those people that i think i'd like to mention as well and she's one of those persons as well mc light we've done a lot of stuff together and she's one of those really really cool people um you know one of those persons who's always said that hey when you're ready for me to come to dominica to do something let's do it and so yeah she's one of those persons that i'd, l- I'd like to mention as well but yeah it's um that that Thelma trip and um, what we had to do down there was um, was, was pretty special
0: so um I- interesting segue into where I want to take the interview next like when you said that um, MC light says to you whenever you want to do something in Dominica let me know and I will assist that that's actually something that I am I, very interested in I I really don't like the fact that when we go to the Caribbean all we see is retail American television where mm-hmm. we, we just take what is in America and we we part, we're, unpackage it or sometimes we don't even unpackage it. we just split on the television for our people. And as mm-hmm. Caribbean people we know, you know the Caribbean has such rich culture, such rich traditions, all, all of the ingredients that we need to, to make for interesting television, for interesting productions from, mm-hmm. from having been involved in the industry in, in the US undoubtedly the biggest um, entertainment and, and and production industry in the world tell talk to me a little bit about what it would take in your opinion to be able to to develop um, some kind of um, entertainment movie music um, documentaries um, our own you know commercials that look well you know that doesn't look like they were made at home you know
2: You know, and that's a a very, very, very important question that you're asking. I think it's one of those conversations that I think it should be a show all by itself. Um, But I I think, for me, the fundamental problem that um, I think when I deal with a lot of Caribbean people is their lack of dedication to that actual thing. And when I say they lack, it comes in a number of different um, facets as well. Um, for one, they they usually either don't have the resources or don't want to put the true resources into whatever that product is. So we find ourselves always cutting corners. You know, we find ourselves always trying to just make it pass. <laughs> always trying to, you know, what it might it, 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 not okay. That that's fine, man. That's good. that's that or that right. no. We don't try and excel and give the very best product that we can. And a lot of times a lot of the professionals are doing it on a part time basis because they're not dedicated enough to it. So it's either not necessarily something that is financial to them that is going to, you know, bring the, 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 the bread into the house. So it's always impacting that they're doing it. And you know, I, 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 I don't wanna on that, but you know, we look at even the liquid productions that we do here in New York, you know, the, the little shows. We don't go for the best venue. Obviously, I know we can't afford the best venue, but even venues that is comparable to some of the other countries, we don't do that. We don't go for the best sound person. We go for the person who can give us a deal or maybe that person has to We don't do those things. When when we do work here in, at, when I do work for B T or Century, I want whoever the best camera guy is. I don't care what his color. I don't care Where he's from, I don't care any of that. If I am doing a show that involves fashion and you're the best fashion photographer that is available, that's who I need. That's who I need. And that's the kind of spirit that a lot of times we look at and we look at this Caribbean stuff and we try and figure out why is it not working. but We're not paying enough attention to the product itself. Are we not paying enough attention to detail. And that is what I think is the most important. Now, again, it's a huge conversation that can be had, um, maybe so, uh, a show that you can have for one of those days. But I think, you know, just on the surface, these are just some of the things. The talent is there. I mean, when I worked at BET, I attended um, what, every Wednesday we had meetings where we decided which, um, which um, music videos were going to make it onto the network. And so... At the end of the, whenever it came to the BET um, Awards, we would select um, the artist who would perform at the BET Awards, and so I stopped going to the to these meetings because they would never, whatever a, a music video or something that is involving that involves the Caribbean artist, if it wasn't somebody like Sean Paul or a very big name, that's it. It died on arrival. And so I was like, look, if you guys are going to pay attention to my country, I'm not even going to be there because I'm not going to be suggesting any of these other music videos that you guys have. There are enough people out there to do it. I'm only going to be calling and rooting for the Caribbean. Um, but again, a lot of times I could, I would make the case, But once we get through to it, sometimes the quality is not the best that it can be, and sometimes the, you know the, the product is just not there. You know, and so these are just some of the little problems that I that I think um, I, I should
0: just mention right off the bat. So, so you think it's probably like a, a lack of resources, a lack absolutely. Of resources? Okay, like, so so is it something that has to be probably government led, or uh, I don't know. In the absence of, say, like a giant um, private sector company that's willing to invest, is it something that should be led by government in terms of the investments, maybe education in the colleges, that kind of thing?
2: You know, I don't don't know that I necessarily have the answer to that. Mm -hmm. I do know, though, that um, I think, obviously, government can always give as much assistance as they can. But I, I think, too, at the end of the day, um, it, it all depends on the drive of that particular individual um, to 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 get that product and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, if you don't have the resources, it's never going to happen. I get that, I get that. But you can. There's still a lot of things that we can do, um, you know, with just the resources that we have. And I always tell people, go ahead and do it, man. Get noticed. When you get noticed, and you make that impact. People will start making that investment. Right. You yeah, won't right. necessarily have to go out there and be as much. People will make that investment in you because they see it. The potential is there. But if you're not even able to do what it takes to get yourself noticed, it's not gonna work. Right. You know, I tell I tell artists all the time and you know, I do a little bit of you know, you know, speaking to artists all the time. I say, Look, in this day and age, man, where you know, your image and all of those things it's Key to selling music. If you go out there and you want to sell music and you want to become an artist and all you're really interested in is just going out there and doing a mixtape, it, it's not going to work. You have to think of yourself as the marketing product. You have to think of um, what is your image, right? Because that's what's going to sell at this point. How unique are you? What makes you stand out, right? And what it is that you bring to the table That's one of the most fundamental questions that artists today have to ask themselves. What am I bringing to the table? Because if you can sing, I can walk into any church here in America and get 25 singers in a minute. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the singing is important, but today it is not the most essential element to making it in, 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 in this business. You understand? You have to have that total package. Can I put a jeans on you and sell it? Can you, can you go on there and do an infomercial? Can you do an ad? Can you talk? How educated are you? You know, those things, things that we never took seriously, these are the kind of things that you as an artist right now have to think about and you have to, 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 to develop. And it's not something that I think a lot of our artists themselves, um, uh, take seriously. I mean, you, you, you see for yourself, man, you go to shows here today mm-hmm. and you, you, you have The Dominican artists, they come to a jam, the show starts at 12 o'clock, they walk in at 11.30, they don't have a single table at one, they don't have a single table where they either sign an autograph, where they're telling anybody where to find their music, even during their performances, they never tell anybody where to find their music, they don't ever tell people, hey, if you need me to perform at this please, this is my contact info, or this is the guy who you need to speak to. You never hear any of this thing. They never market themselves. Never. I mean, again, I may be wrong because maybe I don't always see till the very last drum you know is is sounded. Maybe you can tell me. But do you ever hear any of these artists saying any of this thing? No, the, the, profet- you
0: know? the professional part of it is certainly not there. Um, see, it's not. If, if, if I buy a ticket to go to a show, I should not be at the show. Watching the musicians walk through the crowd with their guitar on their back and and the yep. headliners in, coming in—that's what over. we do. Like, there's really, no
2: reason, you know? there's no reason why you can't go to a show and you know even on some of our big bands we have in Dominica and there's not a table at the back, a booth at the back where they're selling their CDs, their T-shirts, mm. their something, because at the end of the day, man, when this concert is over, you are over. But it's what you walk away with that last.
0: Right, that's And what's some of the artists
2: yeah. has not been able to; they've not been able to see and, that. And, 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 I, I,
0: and Felix, I know, I know you've been trying to do some stuff. So, for example, I know you have New Music Zone. Absolutely, uh, when you try to push some music. Let's tell the audience a little bit about about your initiative with New Music Zone and what it's about. Yeah,
2: New Music Zone is uh, a Dominican. Uh, well, we we don't say Dominican anymore; we say Caribbean. Um, the Caribbean platform that we use to sell uh music uh from you know throughout all of the Caribbean really um it's uh initiated started off by Craig Bellot, and um years later I partnered with him and so we own the company and so we have pretty much one of the largest catalogs of Caribbean music online. And so what we've been trying to do over the past couple of years is really try and see how we can get it to even the wider community than just a, a Caribbean community. Uh, because what we've found out is that relying on Caribbean people themselves to buy the music is, um, you know, pulling teeth. Um You know, they will love the artist. They will absolutely adore the music, but they will not pay for it. And so that is a huge, huge, huge challenge, of course for for Caribbean musicians. And so you know, Craig and myself we've um we've been trying our very best to um you know to just get the music out there, get it noticed. Um, we started off New Music Zone TV, um which was a, a platform where we would expose some of these artists themselves, you know talk about their bio, where they came from, and expose the music. So people have an affinity to their story, so they have an affinity to their music. Um, so to an extent, we still do it, but, you know, the, the, um, the frequency with which we're able to source Caribbean musicians is not as great as we would like it. So we're not as um, as frequent with it as we'd like like it to be. Uh, but, you know, New Music Zone is just is something that we see, still has a lot of potential. We identified years ago, even long before all of this Spotify and all of those things came out that, you know, music was going to become a subscription and it was going to be a subscription model. And so we moved into that subscription model a long time ago. But you know, all of, obviously, all of these other people have overtaken us because, obviously, of of, of of the product. The product is not as mainstream as the well of You know, obviously, we can't compete with Felicia Keys. We can't compete with Frianna, We can't compete with these people. But we identify that that is where, the, that's the direction that music was going to be going in, um, you know, a long, long, long time ago. And so, you know, we, we still want people out there listening to, Go on to the website, you know, it's newmusiczone.com, it's M-U-musiczone.com. You know, love on, browse around, take a look, you know, it's, um, it's it's all Caribbean music. It's all people music, you know. I mean, we all love it, but I don't know why we wouldn't spend $5 just to at least ensure that it keeps being there. And that's right. all that we always ask,
0: and, you and, know. And, and I know you also um, do your yeah, photography as well as consulting. Okay. So let's let's take the last few minutes that we have. On the program yeah, yeah. to to tell the listeners exactly what you do, uh, how they can yeah. contact you, and, and and you know the, the services and, right. and talents. Yeah,
2: have. I mean, yeah, I do. Um, my my photography. I do pretty much almost a little bit of everything. Uh, but I I like to specialize in a lot of headshots and fashion photography. Um, and one of the little niche areas that I have um, developed for myself in, 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 in over this um, past couple of times is doing a lot of uh, large frames for your house. So if you have a huge picture of some grass or something in your house that you know you have no affinity to, but if you want to put something in there, you know, more likely than another large portrait of yourself then um, I'm more than happy to come in and try and figure out what we can put in that frame. And, you know, you can see a picture of yourself or your family or whatever it is instead of just some random picture. Um, some people just go to the store and they just buy a picture and they put it in their house. You know, I can work with you and we can get a picture of exactly what you want in there. So that's one of those things that I, I like to do when I, I, I do that kind of photography. Um, by way of contact, most people can um, find me on Facebook. I'm not able to add any more people on Facebook. Um, cause Facebook only allow you to add 5,000 but um, I'm sure you can send me a message uh, and um, I will certainly respond as quickly as I can and you know we can see how we work together you know by way of consultancy and stuff like that if there's you know a project that you undertaking that you need some guidance and stuff like that you know you can again hit me up on Facebook um, or you know uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook that's pretty much the, the easiest route you know Facebook um, everything comes directly to my phone, so I'm able to respond almost instantaneously. Uh, and yeah, let's work together. I mean, I want to work with anybody who's interested in doing anything um you know uh even if it's a conversation we can have you know guidance um and um, and get some stuff out there but you know uh, as we as we close and I really wanna thank you, and I wanna thank you guys and your team for you know the kind of work that you've been doing. Um, I can't say that I have been as a, a, a frequent a listener as I should be. I know that I will be a more frequent listener now. Um, so I, but I really want to thank you guys for continuing to push Caribbean and continuing to push the artists, and continuing to push people in the diaspora who succeed and people who just have a drive, you know. And uh, again, it doesn't even have to be something like that. It could just be somebody who has something to say. A lot of people have stuff to say. You know, I think we just need to listen to people a little bit more, um, you know, when we look at everything that's happening in, around the world. So um, you guys should be totally commended for what it is that you do. And uh, I just want to see, um, you know, in closing, just see Dominica grow and see Dominica move from uh, where it is and, you know, and prosper.
0: Certainly. Thank you, Felix, for, for, for that commendation. And I want to say thank you as well for, for, for being my guest tonight on this weekend interview. Um, as I as I said at the introduction, um, when I whenever I see you at, at these events, you always professional. You you have a camera with you, um, like it's like you were born with it, <laughs> like it's a film <laughs> or something. Um, and and you very very professional. And um, and whenever we've had conversations, I've always found you very very generous with um, your willingness to share your information and your knowledge. Um, so so. It, uh, it is very exciting uh, to have you as my guest and to learn um, the path um, that you that you've taken to where you are and the, the trails that you're continuing to blaze. And um, you you know you, you say your parents are from Peabosh and Delis, and and if people from Dominica know where Peabosh and Delhi's and and they looked at the heights at which you you've been able to soar so far. And there can be nothing but admiration and congratulations. So I wish you all the best as you go forward. And hopefully we can collaborate on a few things. Um, I I would love to have you back to have a more detailed conversation about what we can do as Caribbean people, as Dominicans, to have more local content on television, on our airways, because I think it's more than just... Entertainment, I think is absolutely crucial for our young people in terms of the things that can inspire them um, to, to change the, the trajectory which we see the Caribbean going in terms of right now it seems like we're just breeding farms where we breed people, they grow up, we educate them in the first years of their lives and we export them to go develop somebody else's country and industry. And so um, I look forward to having some more of that conversation with you because I think people like us can make a huge difference absolutely thank you and thank you very much Felix I have a, take uh, care. okay so listeners there you had it uh, another very interesting conversation on this weekend interview I told you it was going to be one of our best conversations that we've had um, so far this year and it um, didn't disappoint Felix is is a son of the soil so to speak Caribbean soil and he has Achieves so much, achieves so much on his own, and he's continuing to strive. You have the drive, you have the perseverance, you have the energy that he has. And so, I hope we're able to inspire you um, to go out and inspire yourself and inspire somebody else. But just keep on tracking. If you're a young person and you are trying to make career decisions, it, it, it doesn't. Nec- it's not necessary that you get it 100 percent right. You pick one, as long as you have something to shoot at. Um, you're more likely to hit that target, and once you hit that target, you might find that there's another target beyond that. But at least um, you are aiming at something. So, listeners, I want to say good night and thank you for staying with me. We still an extra half hour, so for that indulgence, I want to say thank you to the producers for that. This weekend in interview is a production of T D N Radio. Want to say um, thank you and good night to our engineer and producers, um, Sam, always keeping us um, live and on air, doing such a magnificent job. And to you, I want to say thank you for staying with us through the 90 minutes of tonight's This Week in Interview show. I hope you have a great weekend and um, we're going to have some more conversations like this as we go forward. I look forward to another episode of This Week in Interview next week, Wednesday 8 p.m. Eastern Time on radio.net So, it's your host, Anthony Drago, saying good night. <coughs>